Well, I think part of being a parent is you want to see your children succeed, but you want them to make their own choices. And that's why we always said, we'll be behind you. We're behind you 110%. So it, it was it was like you knew what you wanted to do. And that's another, you know, you're very strong-willed. So I knew just by you, by your personality that you, this is what you wanted to do. And so that's why we just wanted to support you as much as we possibly could. Was I anxious that you weren't applying for jobs? Of course I was. I, you know, I was like, oh man, here he is. You could have gotten a job anywhere making good money because you graduated from Bentley. But, you know, this is what you decided to do. Microphone check, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man. I can't believe I'm saying this, but today on the podcast, it's my mom. What up? Hi, Bobby, I, my favorite bearded man. <laughs> I didn't even get to finish the intro. I usually come up with Bob, but no, I got you looking across at me and I'm all flustered up. How do you feel about doing this right now? I'm looking forward to it. I yeah. mean, I've watched so many of the ones that you've had or listened to. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, I mean, I did. Dad was a guest for episode 33 way back in the day. So oh, because of Larry Bird. Because yeah. Larry Bird, because everyone knows him as Bird. Um, and that was recorded in, that would have been, I think, probably February, March of 2017. Oh my so gosh. I think I think it was worth you to wait because I didn't know what I was doing as a podcaster then. Right. So like I think about the 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 podcaster or who I was when I started doing the podcast and I interviewed him for thirty three to now kind of where I'm at and uh, you know what they say save the best parent for last. So Thank don't. you. I don't. We won't tell him that though. He <laughs> won't even. He won't even know how to play this. So, <laughs> you don't even. Right. To, you don't even have to worry about him freaking finding it. Um. But what I didn't tell you and what I didn't realize until last night when I was laying in bed after we got back from dinner at John's, um, I knew that I was doing this podcast with you and I was thinking about, oh, I was like, when is this going to come out? And because of the way I'll be scheduling it, this will come out on February 8th. Oh, jeez. Your 60th birthday. My 60th birthday. 60 years oh, young. Oh, my gosh. Looking like you're going on 23. Oh, jeez. So, so I, I think that's a great, it's a <clears throat> timing is everything. And I think that's a, that's a pretty cool, um, I, I wouldn't say it's a gift for me to you, but I just, I like, I love that it just so happened that that's kind of how the scheduling will be when this comes out. So yeah. I just wanted to share that with you before oh, we that's, get into it. Oh, that's awesome. I'll, well, I'll be looking forward to <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm sure you're eagerly going to be counting down the days. Oh, God. It's just a number. It is just a number, and yeah. I, I don't even feel like I'm. I don't like saying the number out loud. Yeah. Um. Usually, my birthdays have never bothered me. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm going to be sixty. I don't think I act like I'm sixty. <laughs> like I'm going to be sixty. What do you act like? What's the age you think? I think I'm more like forty. I oh, think. Crack yeah. it down. Yeah. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. All right. Thirty-two. <laughs> I don't think I. You know, it's like you say. It's just. It's just a number. Yeah. Um. But like I say, what what's my alternative? If I don't keep having them, then that means I'm going to be dead. So yeah, that's not good. We need to keep that number. <laughs> so we got to keep it to we got to keep ceiling. them going. Yeah. No, I think age is just. Uh, I mean, to me, as you get older, I feel like 
if you embrace it, you kind of cherish it and you look yeah. at it from like all the years, which you probably learned in the past to kind of where you are today. But yeah. I think 60 is a great number. Yeah. And I kind of think like, you know, dad and I are like cool parents. Like you 100%. guys, like you guys, when you come home, it's like you want to spend time with us. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like I say, I, I think that's the, the part that it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just a number. And, uh, you know, anxious to see what's going to happen after that. Fireworks are going to be flaring on oh, the 8th. Yes. I'm yeah. sure Bird's already got it lined up. He's probably got you a limo of the whole, the whole works. No, he probably doesn't yeah. have anything going. <laughs> It'll be up he'll, to me. He'll be calling me two weeks out. Uh, what should I do for your mom for her birthday? Yeah, I know I'm it. I know it. freaking pulling strings. <laughs> um, we got so much to discuss today. Um, I'm really excited for this. Good. I'm glad. Me too. Very excited for this. I'm excited. Um. First thing I kind of wanted to jump off with would be, we're going to cover a lot today. We're going to cover pretty much you as a mother. We'll cover, um, just to give you some context, we'll, we'll go into some of like your childhood and being raised with other siblings. And then we'll kind of just see where this thing takes us. And then we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of you and Bird too. We'll oh, get, okay. We'll, get, All we'll right. get a little bit of that. But um, 27 years of being a mother with me just recently turning yeah. 27. So thank you for birthing me and bringing me into this. Oh, world. you're welcome. Thank it you was so a much. joy. Lady gentlemen, if you're listening, you got to be thankful for this woman because <laughs> if it wasn't for her, you wouldn't be hearing this voice. Right. And first off, thank you for the beard. Oh yeah. Well, you weren't born with it. I wasn't born with it. <laughs> thank God. Well, my running joke has been, I came out the womb. like yeah. that. <laughs> Unfortunately uh, for your listeners, I had a C-section, <laughs> so you didn't come out, the, out of the womb. Oh, there we go. There goes that fucking storyline. <laughs> um, what what have been some of the biggest challenges you faced as a mom? I think always making wondering, am I doing the right thing? And I think that's one thing I used to always say to you guys when you were small, you and your sister. Mm. It's like there's not a book. Mm. There, there's not a book on what is right or what is wrong. You just have to follow your heart and do what you think is the best. Mm. Um, so I always tried to make sure um, that you guys always knew that you were loved. And the one thing I always tell people is that no matter when you left, how many times you left, we always say, I love you. When you walk out the door, I love you. When we're on the phone, I love you. And I used to always, you know, chuckle after I got off the phone with you, like if you were in, when you were in college or when you were with your friends and it would be like, I knew they'd be around and we'd hang up the phone and I'd say, I love you. And you'd be like, I love you too. And knowing that you're in the room with your friends, but you you always you always said that yeah. you know, and and your sister's like that too. No matter where you are, when we're talking, it's we always end up with "I love you." Yeah, I'm, it's actually interesting when you say that. Like, uh, there's no book on it because I think now, especially if you're having kids in 2020, there's all this media, there's all these YouTube videos, there's all this, there's so much inbound of resources of how to be the best parent, which I think could be overwhelming because there's so many different outlets where I would imagine in the 90s when you're raising us, there isn't this influx of media to look and gravitate towards. You probably had to either pull from experiences from how your mom raised you Mm -hmm. or maybe there were books or it was probably the opinions of other people of like, this is how you should do it. Right, right. 
Right. It's just different, I would think, now than if oh, you're yeah. raising a kid with all the media. Yeah, there was no there was no social media. There was no my first cell phone was when you were probably six months old. It probably it was weighed, like a brick, right? It was like a big brick. I got it at the Crystal Mall in Connecticut, <laughs> and my cell phone number was an eight six zero number. Oh, and I didn't CT care. Number. Come on, <clears throat> I didn't care. But and I think I got it free if I made a purchase at the mall, which of course you know me with my shopping. Swipe, that swipe, wasn't swipe. that wasn't hard to do. But you know, and in those days, I you rarely even used it. I just used it in case I was driving somewhere and I had you and there was an emergency. Yeah. But other than that, you you wouldn't even. I never gave it a thought to pick up the phone and be talking. Yeah. While I was driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was it was just a necessity to just have it for an emergency. It's funny you bring up the uh, the shopping thing where you know me when it comes to shopping because the last podcast that I dropped of this year, I talked about. Um, uh, how just in my life, how when I have a goal, I, I kind of get my heart set on it and I find a way to execute and do it. And I, and I told the story of how uh, you would always say that to me growing up where it's like, and I think it was mostly material items. If it was a new shoe or it was a video game, you'd always say what's, you know, you're just like me when you have your heart set on something, you always find a way to get it. But I, I laughed on the podcast because I said, I think she was talking from a materialistic <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> but the concept, it goes across the board, everything oh, yeah. else that you do. Well, your sister always says to me, you know, her thing is wants versus needs. Yeah. And I always say, well, I don't need it, but I want it. <laughs> so you can ra- you can rationalize So I can rationalize out. anything, anything. Yeah. How would, for this is, this is, this podcast is so interesting because I'm, um, most of the most of the times when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm interviewing people and I'm essentially interviewing you as well today. But um, I think it's like a twofold thing where I'm curious to have some of these this, these answers documented and recorded for a lifetime, um, and then act because not only for my own personal interest, but then the people that have followed me along this journey of podcasting. Like I think this episode is going to be so important because it's going it, to. It's just the normal kid that just kept doing this yeah, thing and, and, and it's right. taken me to some incredible places. Um, but how would you, and I think I've, I've definitely described myself as a child through all these podcasts over the years, but it's, it's going to be so different to hear your perspective on things. But how would you describe me as a child? Uh, first, the first ni- word that comes to my mind was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will good. Nev- You're not letting it. You're I- not. Look, there was no, by the way, <laughs> there was no previous conversation to this podcast of like, make me sound good, make me look good, mom. You got to hype me up. Like, there's none of that. So no, here you go, no. ladies and gentlemen. This is the real shit. Dramatic. Oh, my gosh. I will never forget the time you... I, you you fell. You either fell off your bike or you were running and you skinned your knee. And we had God. to carry you around because you were afraid to put pressure on your <laughs> on your knee, <laughs> on your leg. And we had oh to and God. then we ended up having to take you to the doctor because it wasn't healing right. Do you remember that? How old was I? You were probably The only I'm, knee problem that or is when I Cody Hammonds when I before I went to California in fifth grade. That's the only knee one that I can think of that story. No, this was you were younger. younger. Yeah, you yeah. were younger because I don't think I would have been able so dr- to carry you around when you were in fifth grade. <laughs> you were a little tall chub- back then, and little... you were chubby too. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Bird, for taking me. You need to post me... a picture about the of yeah, that Bird, one. Yeah, Bird, thanks for taking me to freaking McDonald's, <laughs> loading me up to get my little 
toy. Yeah, but that's what we had to do because in those days we were carting you and your sister all over. Yeah. You were playing your, you know, you were doing soccer and, and basketball. I, I, I still wasn't burning the calories off because I was carrying an extra 50 pounds on me. <clears throat> well, that's it. But then all of a sudden you just went, after you got out of grammar school and you went to middle school, because I used to look at you and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I always loved you, but... I was but a chubster. You were a little, you were a little chubby, little and then thick. all of a sudden you hit that growth spurt, and that was it. Mm. That thinned was out, it. You thinned, started looking you thinned good. Out. Started growing oh, them yeah. sideburns, yeah. baby. That beard came along. Yeah. But I mean, I think of all the times of driving you guys around in our big Ford Expedition. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, you'd be like, you know, you guys would be sitting in the second seat, and then you'd have your food, and you'd be like, "Mom, what should I do with the leftover bag?" And I'd be like, "Ah, just throw it in the back <laughs> in the third seat." So you'd. Pitch it in the back, and then, you know, every day or two, I'd go and clean it all out. But, um, and that ended up becoming your first vehicle. Yeah. The Ford Expedition. I used to do some gnarly donuts in that oh, car. I don't want to hear that. FC <laughs> parking lot right near house. <laughs> Fucking the snow would come on. I'd put in four wheel drive, do some donuts. Shouldn't have done that, but oh, I was reckless and didn't know what I was doing. But you know what? As I'll, and I'll never forget when you first got your driver's license and, as a parent of all of a sudden having to cart you around all the time and then when you drove away and I watched you drive up the street and I was like oh there he goes that mm. that's it you know what I mean do you remember where I went because I do when I drove away for the first time no Hoyoke Mall really yeah I still remember I don't know why Ugh. yeah the Hoyoke Dr- Mall I, I, I dramatic actually still makes sense to me that's the word that comes to mind because I remember too you guys took me to Fitzpatrick to ice skate. Oh God, yes, we, Dad, we brought you to get your ice skates. I mean, he, we, probably, he probably wanted me to become a hockey. Oh, player. Oh, of course he did. So you had your ice skates. You had your mighty duck jacket on in the back. We brought. I mean, you had everything. You walked out on the ice. You fell on your ass. You started crying, and that was it. That was your career in hockey. <laughs> How old was I? <laughs> you were probably like maybe five or so, five or six. That was it. And wow. you did not want to, you did not want to go back. Wow. And so we never, you know, those hockeys, we probably still have them in the <laughs> cellar. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Bird. Let yeah. you down as a hockey. As I know. A hockey we sports. never force you to do anything that you didn't want to do. Yeah. And like I say, I, I think... Uh, I was kind of, in the end, I was kind of glad because when I look at what hockey parents go through with their kids, the money that it costs, the 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 timing, you know, the commitment, and I was just, I loved you. I would have done anything. Oh, thank you. I loved you too. Still do. (laughs) I still love you too. (laughs) But I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, thank God it didn't work out because it's it's expensive. It was expensive, you know, and- it didn't work out. Didn't work well, out. Well, going off of what you just said, um, we were always <clears throat> supportive of like what you did. That's something that um, I really took appreciation as I got older, especially post-college. Um, and one of the most pivotal moments, I think, of my life was when I graduated Bentley. I tell you guys, hey, I'm not getting a job. I'm f- I came back home. I tried a couple of summer ideas that didn't work out. I went back to working for Uncle John. I did that alcohol thing that shit the bed. Yeah. Um, and then I pretty much told you guys that I wasn't applying for a job. I was going to go to Boston. I was going to drive Uber full time. And I was going to start this podcast, this idea that I had. Uh, that was the, a very pivotal, pivotal moment because you guys just encouraged. You guys were very supportive in the sense of like, 
if that's what you want to do, do it. But just know that like college loans are kicking in six months. So you're going to have to figure that out. So it was like the the most encouragement I could have ever asked for without you guys having to step in and like offer to help me financially to take care of that. So it put me in a position where it's like, there's a finder my ass. I need to figure this out because these bills are going to click in. But that is just one moment of like all these other things growing up that whether it was, you know, learning to play guitar or like you went out and rented me an Xbox when my other one was like freaking getting sent into Microsoft. So my, my question is why did you, how did, why were you and dad so just supportive of like allowing Alyssa and I to kind of do the things that we were interested in and just support us to the extent, like fully support us because there's a lot of parents that going back to the college thing, I was graduating. I had kids at Bentley that literally when we talk about careers, this is so crazy to think about now, freaking four years later and just like how much different of a position I am in my life than when I was then because I was scared as shit. But I had kids that I went to college with that like, they're like, you didn't apply for a job? And I was like, no, they're like, dude, my parents have made me apply for like 15 positions and they're forcing me to get a job that I don't even want to do. So why were you and dad so like open to Alyssa and I just doing the things that we wanted to do? Well, I think part of being a parent is you want to see your children succeed, but you want them to make their own choices. And that's why we always said, we'll be behind you. We're behind you 110%. Um, so it it was it was like you knew what you wanted to do. And that's another, you know, you're very strong-willed. So I knew just by you, by your personality, that you, this is what you wanted to do. And so that's why we just wanted to support you as much as we possibly could. Was I anxious that you weren't applying for jobs? Of course I was. I, you know, I was like, oh man, here he is. You could have gotten a job anywhere making good money because Mm. you graduated from Bentley. But, um, you know, this is what you decided to do. And then part of me is like, all right, well, at least he's only going to be in Boston because you had always (laughs) talked about going to California. So I'm like, all right, well, he's only going to be in Boston. So you're closer, you know, and, you know, it was just, you know, I mean, I working in my job at a bank, I see a lot, so many parents whose adult children still live with them. Mm. You know, and it's like, that's not what I, that's not what I want for you and your sister. I mm. want you to go out and do what you need to do to be happy, you know? And, and so that's why no matter what, and when your sister said she was moving to Charleston and when you guys both moved on the same weekend, same day, same 24 the, hours, the same 24 hours, dad and I driving with Alyssa one way to Charleston and you picking up uh, Evan, Evan, Evan at the bus stop, you know, bus station to go to California. It was, you know, that was like a pivotal moment. It was like the Hoberts were on the road. And, you know, sometimes I look back where, you know, people will, their kids will come home. Like we were just over, uh, we were out some somewhere and uh, someone said, oh, you know, my kids are home. Of course, now they're bringing their, you know, their significant others, a fiance or whatever. You don't have to worry about me. I'm flying solo. Yeah, I know it. I know it. And uh, they said, so she said to me, she says, oh, she's like, I couldn't wait for them to leave. And she said to me, don't you feel that way? 
And I said, absolutely not. And so she kind of looked at me. And, and so I said, you know, maybe it's different for me. I said, because my kids, the la- I said, the last time I saw them was in July. Mm. So for you guys to come home, I'm kind of in a state of denial. Like while you guys are here, it's like, okay, this is going to go on forever. This is not going to change. You yeah. know what I mean? It's our family unit. But um, I would never, ever, I mean, when you guys are here, when you leave, I know you you tell me now, no more tears, and I'm getting used to it. But um, for her to say that, I was just like, no, I I cherish every single moment that you guys are here with me. Yeah. I think, I think it's just in that situation, she is, I don't want to say taking it for granted, but she probably has access to her kids a lot more than exactly. you have access yeah. to Alyssa and I. Right. Which then sometimes it even becomes like, even though I am living 3,000 a mile, like I literally couldn't live farther away in the U.S. than where I chose to be in L.A. Unless you won't move to Hawaii. Unless I moved to Hawaii, but uh, the mainland at least. <laughs> yeah, the, the mainland. <laughs> the mainland. Um, but even then, I still it, – it, you can argue like, well, if you – if you lived in Massachusetts still, like you would have a better uh, relationship with your parents. And I, I do know that that would be a fact that, you know, I would see you guys more often, but then I even feel like too, even being that far away, I still have probably a strong relationship with you and dad. Then there's people that probably live in Boston oh, there yeah. from Western Mass. Yeah. So then it becomes, a, then it becomes like, how does that, what does their communication line even look like? So then it doesn't even matter if right. you live down the street or if you live 3,000 miles away because if there's no communication, what's the distance even right. really matter? Well, that's the thing. You and your sister, like you get it. Like, you know, you'll all of a sudden on a Monday or a Tuesday, whatever, you'll just send me a text and just say, I love you, have a great day or have a great week. Mm. You know, there's not, and, and your sister will do it, not as much as you do. She's getting there. <laughs> She's getting there. I'm training her. (laughs) But she'll she'll say that, you know, all of a sudden she'll just say, you know, I love you, mama, you know. And that to me means so much because there's a lot of parents that don't have the relationship with their kids that we have. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at our family unit and it's like, I, I couldn't ask for a better, I couldn't ask for a better family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just, uh, I'm getting teary now, but I just sitting here across from you. It just makes me so proud because you've just grown up into such a a great, great man. And uh, I, I couldn't be any prouder of you. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I mean, we. this is the thing. We are products. This is why I literally freaking tattooed Massachusetts on my left bicep. Not because I have big arms, but because... <laughs> well, you do. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You're sure, buff. it's getting all the ladies fired up listening to this one. He is single uh, and looking to mingle. <laughs> but this is the thing. We are all products of our environment. Right. So it's, it is non-negotiable. It is unquestionable that the reason Alyssa and I are who we are is because of you and dad. And then even then layer on to then the family that is surrounded on both sides. So I have, even in just the last, you know, since really the, the most growth that I feel, I mean, there's always growth year over year, but from graduating college till now in just that four years, the amount of like my thought process and like the way I view the world. And even just in the last three months of like, just being more awoke to the reality of like this is a this is not some infinity game that we're living like this all is going to end 
you got to embrace the experience while you can. And so then it's, you know, I do those texts because it's like another fucking tattoo that I got gratitude. It's like (laughs) reminding myself of the people and the things that I should be grateful for. And I know that me taking six seconds to send that text to you could literally make your day. And all it took me was six seconds. So I try to do that as often as I can without, you know, it's supposed to be more of like a, not a surprise, but like, like spontaneous. A, yeah, yeah. If I do it every yeah. day, it becomes. A, yeah, it will be it. like, oh, here comes my yeah, text. Here comes the fucking text. Here comes my text. It's probably automated at this point. He's not even <laughs> sending the damn text. But um, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's without a question of a doubt. Literally, Alyssa and I wouldn't be who we are, think the way we do, um, and be and just be the person we are if it wasn't for what yeah. you and dad had instilled in us. Yeah. So you guys deserve the credit as much as you might yeah. think that we deserve credit because of who we've evolved to well it means a lot you know it it, it really does because going back there wasn't a handbook on what we needed to do but we just followed our hearts and did what we thought was the best thing and i guess it worked we did you did pretty good yeah i guess so what um what moments have i caused you the most trouble as a mother (sighs) you were so perfect i don't even know (laughs) let's see bullshit uh when you were when you got your job one of your jobs at uh when you worked at the mall at Foot Finish Line. Line. Finish, Finish Line. line. Hey, don't say Foot Line. Oh, yeah. Finish, Finish line. line. Put Finish some line. respect on my... And you would be, you know, it's quarter of, quarter of one. And I'd be like, oh, what time do you have to be to work for? Even you just saying that right now. I and it's like, I got to be to work for one. And I'm like, you're going to the mall. You're, you're going to go on the highway. What if there's an accident? What if you're in traffic? You need to leave earlier. Mm. And that was one thing I always was like, you got to be early so you would give me anxiety for that (laughs) you actually helped me get that job i think because you told me to dress up and go in and introduce yourself to the manager so i applied online and then you said you should dress up and go and introduce yourself to the manager and i did and i got an interview within three days first first impressions you know that that's what you have to do and then uh that randy pausch book there um, um, the last lecture. The last lecture. It was writing a letter. Remember when you went to uh, when you went to Bentley, mm. and uh, you had your interview, mm. and then I I said I said you know you need to write a handwritten note to the woman that had interviewed you, yep. and um, and then you didn't get in, and that was okay because then you ended up transferring. You know the next year, but I had called when you didn't get in. Mm. And I talked to the woman and um, and she said, you know, you had everything that they were looking for, but it was your, it was your grades. Mm. So, you know, and then a year, but I just made that extra effort just to find out, well, because I was kind of like, why wouldn't they? We did everything, we, you, you did everything you were supposed to do and why didn't you get in? But you know what? You wouldn't have met the people that you did at LaSalle. Yeah. Evan, your friend for life, yeah. you know. So, uh, so like I say, it it everything. I always say everything works out for a re, know. you know, for a reason, and you know, whatever will be, will be. Yeah, you know, you just have to follow your heart. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to just think about that whole Bentley process because I was so gung ho on getting into that school and then not getting in, and uh, definitely didn't do good on my SATs. But uh, yeah, still found a way to get in. Going to LaSalle and then transferring yeah. in, which and is... And we had never even heard of LaSalle. We got a thing to apply for free. Yeah. 
So I was yeah, like, oh, right. let's apply for that. It's free. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember when I didn't get into Bentley. I remember like it was yesterday. I was walking to LA Fitness in Springfield, got the email, you're not accepted. I was like, screw this, went in, did a workout, came home, and I literally think I walked in, said, I didn't get into Bentley. I'm packing my bags. I'm going to Santa Monica Community College. I'm getting <laughs> Oh, yeah. That was, that was causing me stress. When then you were applying for- USC. USC, and I'm like, well, he's got a snowball's <laughs> chance getting in there. So, yeah, you started applying to all these colleges in California. I'm like, oh, God, please don't let him get in. Don't let him get in. Oh, uh, yeah. And they all shot I me down. Ready U- for that. USC shot me down. Pepperdine oh. shot me down. Um, Loyola Marymount shot me down. Every oh. school in California shot me down. And, and I kept saying to you, you know, if you get into that college, we're not going to see you yeah. until Christmas because yeah. we can't afford to fly you back and forth. Yep. I wanted to go. <laughs> I wanted the California dream. Yeah. Well, you're living it now. What, um, is there, is there a moment that I made you most proud as a parent? Like a specific moment? Oh, gosh. Most proud. Oh, there's just, I think just no, knowing you and just watching you where you are right now, making the decisions um, when you stopped having to drive for Uber. Yeah. You know, um, just, and you know, when, and it's funny because you, you won't tell me the good news. You don't want to bring me down if it doesn't happen. So you're always like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, Nat. I didn't want to tell you this last week, but this is going to happen. So when you got the, you know, the text from Brandon, it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get you all, you know, worked up on it, but, you know, he wants to meet with me. And, um, you know, there's just so many moments. um, Going back to Mrs. Crandall, your first grade, first grade, first grade teacher. And how she said that there was a, a young boy in class and how you, I don't know if he had, <clears throat> if he was special needs or what, but she came over to me and she said, he someday is going to do something of greatness because he's so patient with this young boy mm-hmm. who was always work acting up in class. And she said, and Bobby would go over there and would sit next to him and just calm him down. Um, so right there, that was one of my, you know, just, I mean, and you were young then, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, and then I, then I, I can picture things like when you used to play basketball. Wasn't great. <coughs> Wasn't great. <laughs> But we went to all your games, and um, and then when you decided to be a manager, okay, oh, yeah. and I still have that, you know, I was looking through pictures and and seeing you standing there as the manager, and you had your white shirt and you had your tie on, mm. and you were just, you know, just standing there, and it was like, this is what you're meant to do, mm. you know, um, you know, so just being there as as that happened too, it was like you weren't meant to play basketball. Mm-mm. You know, you were meant to do something else. You were more like a leader, and mm-hmm. I, I think I think that is an another thing too is your leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you've made a you know with all these interviews that you've done with with people, it's just um, 
watching you from the beginning to where you've come from. It's just, uh, I think your life in general is just, you've made me proud your whole life. Mm. You know, um, I can't think of anything negative. You know, maybe I forget about the bad things. Oh, I got but... plenty of them, but I won't bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were telling the story last night of um, when you and dad, I think we're down in Connecticut. And, oh. um, <clears throat> we do a little, little, little get together here. And then one of our neighbors that no longer is in the neighborhood spilled the beans and called it in on us. Uh, probably because there was four or five <laughs> cruisers out in front of the house. And she calls me and, uh, and here I am an hour and a half away. And she's like, uh, Karen, I just want to let you know that um, there's this party going on at your house and the cops are there now i had been drinking so there was no way could believe me if i hadn't been i would have jumped in my car and so then the next so the next morning so we slept we got up the next morning i said to your dad i'm like we are getting home we walked in here the floor was it was like all Sticky, and you had to work the next oh, day. Oh, I'm glad you remember and that. And you were hungover, and you're like, oh, I don't feel like I said, you get your ass to work. <laughs> but then, of course, Dad being OCD, we had the house cleaned up in no time. But yeah. we had to, oh, that was when I think someone kicked in your door, on your ba- on your bedroom door, which I finally just fixed that like oh, a no. month or so ago. <laughs> Somebody, we, we, did, we, we, we mapped it all out yesterday. So I forgot about the door. Somebody kicked in the door. There was a fight in our kitchen. Somebody drove their car through the city of Chicopee's fence across the street. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of other reckless things. Yeah, that <clears> was. And then poor Alyssa. She comes home from the Beyonce concert with uh, Julia. Mm-hmm. And so I think she was the one that, you know, cause she was sober. She, I think she's the one that started kicking people out. Yeah. She, she was equally at fault. She was inviting friends too. So let's, let's, oh. let's keep it 50, 50. Oh, she's my little angel. Oh, I don't yeah. think she would have done don't that. Don't make me throw up on this freaking <laughs> microphone. All right. We all know, you know, when I, you got your new little Mac and I, you had to show me something yesterday, but little did you know, when you went to sign on, there's a little bubble picture and it has to be you and Alyssa. Couldn't it be? Couldn't it be me, you, and us three? But see, you know what? I don't even know how it got there. <laughs> so don't even worry about cho- choosing favorites. Choosing That's favorites. That's the picture that comes up when she calls me. Mm. But I don't know how it ended up. I think it's my Apple. I, I don't even ask me. Yeah. I, I don't even know if you want. If it bothers you that no, much, no, go no, change no. We're it. Let, we're letting it slide. We're, let, we're letting it slide. <laughs> okay. Um, one. Give me a story that most people might not know about me could be for good for bad for worse funny whatever oh my gosh which one that jumps to mind well like when when you when i fell <laughs> this is when you first went to daycare oh god and here i am you know you were only in daycare two days a week how old am i at this time like four or five? Oh no no because i was only i Let's see, because grandma used to take care of you. So you were probably one or two oh, when wow. you started going to daycare. Wow, okay. When you went to when you went to Brighter Beginnings. Shout out to Lily Krause <laughs> that I knew from kindergarten. Karen Hobart's giving shout outs today. Yep, on shout the out to Lily Krause. Um, and here I had to drop you off. And you, you definitely were very bonded to me. Mm. And uh, I used to, I remember that first day. And the thing is, you had to be potty trained. In order to go to daycare, and I was like, "Oh God, I got to get him! I got to get him potty trained." So, so I thought you were, and uh, 
So I, you know, I drive you, I drop you off, and then I can just see your little face to this day, and you're just looking out the window. And I'm driving to work, and I'm crying, and I called... Then I had a cell phone, and I remember, I think I called Auntie Susie, and I'm like, I feel like such a bad mom. He's in the window, and he's crying. So then I had to pick you up that day, and now this is your first day, and I walk in, and there you are, bare-assed in the bathroom, because you had had an accident, mm. and it was like, all of a sudden, you just saw me, and it was like a look of like, Oh my God, my mom is here, mm. you know? Um, and then the the teachers used to write me little notes. Well, Bobby had a okay day today. <laughs> um, Put in know, my lunchbox for you guys yeah, to find the note. It took you a little while to, to kind of get used to, mm. uh, you know, used to getting there. But then, you know, and then Sam went, Julia was there. So at one time, you guys, all four of you were there at the, yeah. at the daycare. Was this when I had curly hair? This is when you had curly hair. Mm. Yes. Yeah. This curly is when you hair. had curly hair. Well, it's interesting you're saying that story because then it what just popped to my mind is I remember in third grade, I was like, I started seeing a counselor at Barry. What was it? What was it? I was like, didn't I start getting anxiety or like, I was like scared that you and dad were going to, yeah, what was were, What was the story behind that? You, I think you were, I think you just got to the point where, um, you were just ner you you got yeah you were like suffering from anxiety because you were afraid that we were gonna die yeah and uh, so I, gr- I think it was third grade yeah right? so I had you just you know you saw a counselor at school yeah so I remember I can literally picture the counselor I just can't remember her name yeah black hair yeah and they would just talk and they would just talk to you and you didn't go for that long but um. I think it was just you. You know, you were very, you were very sensitive. Yeah. You know, you were a, a sensitive kid. I wouldn't sleep over a friend's house until I was like in fifth oh, grade. You were just like me. Yeah, I didn't want to sleep over, and I always, I would be like, you would say, you know, oh, so and so wants me to sleep over, and I would always say, just tell him I won't let you. Just mm-hmm. blame it on me. You mm-hmm. know, and and that's how I was too. When I, you know, I would go over for a while, and then at a certain time. I would say, okay, mom, come and pick me up, and grandma would come and pick me up. Definitely so. pulled the audible a couple of times, and I was like, I'm doing it. And then at midnight, you probably got the phone call. Oh yeah, yeah, but that, that was okay. But then you gave me the the keychain. That was my. Oh, that was <laughs> oh, it's downstairs. That was in Every kindergarten. Every time I come home, you go, do you want to take your keychain back? Oh to my god, that was from that little keychain. Bed Bath and Beyond. That was from Bed Bath and Beyond. Yep. And uh, that was when you started kindergarten. Mm. and you know and then you, when you were having anxiety and so I would I gave it to you and I said you know just put it in your pocket and when you start feeling anxious or you start missing us then you just put your hand in your pocket and mm. know that we're thinking of you and I mean that thing came on like a thing of like hand lotion or whatever <laughs> you could have bought me a little Jesus. freaking specific keychain you said nope it's coming Not, with- well it was the only thing I had around <laughs> I was working on a fly on the fly here I was like oh what can I give this kid <laughs> Oh and it's still God. down. It's still down there. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy just thinking of like little stories like that. Um, Your pock when you couldn't, if you had oh, a hard yeah, time sleeping, pock. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trying to get me to bring that back to California. Not happening. I think I sent it to you one it's time. Downstairs. No, no, no. You never sent it. It's downstairs. I saw it when I was working. I out. think I sent it. I think I. You sent, sent it to me in college. I, I said, did. I sent it to you in college. Yeah. Mind? What do you? <laughs> People are like, what's that? I'm like shoving it back in my freaking dress. I'm like, don't worry. I, I, she sent this by accident. 
I don't know what the hell this thing is. Yeah, let me pull up my Pac, mom. Pac was the protector of children. Yeah. Well, actually, going off of college, I wanted to ask this before, and I didn't. Um, how? What was the biggest challenge that you faced when I left for college for the first time? I mean, when yeah. I moved to California, I think was another big leap. I was moving across the country, but that the the move to LaSalle was the first time that I was uh, your yeah, children were leaving the house, and I still remember hugging you guys goodbye. And um, <laughs> actually, there's a funny story that. I'll tell you the story and then I want to hear your your feedback. But um, I remember, so I hugged you guys goodbye. It was not easy to say goodbye. And I'll never forget the next day I got a phone call from either you or dad. And you guys were checking in like, how was it sleeping in your, your, bed, your bed for the first time? And what was so funny about it was that me and Evan were little on the prowl already. And neither of us had slept in our room that <laughs> night. We had slept in the same these two girls that we had met, we had slept in their room. So you guys had called and I bluffed it. I was like, oh, it was great. And I hung up and I was, me and him were dying. I was like, dude, they, they were asking about how I slept in my bed. I haven't even slept in it yet. But um, yeah, you and Evan were the kings of LaSalle. Oh, fuck, man. We, we were, yeah, that was hell of a hell of a year. But um, what was, what was the biggest challenge with me leaving for college? Well, you know, here you've been in our lives for 18 years. And the night before you left for college, dad and I, I think you, you must have been out. I don't know if you were saying goodbye to friends or whatever. And I remember dad and I stood in your bedroom and we just like hugged each other and we just cried. Wow. You know, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's he's going to be leaving. It was, you know, it was a big thing because you've been under our roof and now all of a sudden you're going to go off on your own. And, uh, but we didn't want you to see us being upset because then we figured, well, then you would be upset. Mm. So, um, I mean, it was, it was an adjustment, but, um, but then again, it was like, this is part of what you needed to do. Mm. You know, you had always said you were going to go to, you know, you wanted to go away to school and, um, if for you to go to school around here, it wouldn't have made any sense. You needed you needed to go away. Yeah, I also got shot down by UMass Amherst, which was my safety school. Yeah, they, they put you on a wait they list. They put me on a wait list, and I said, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I... I couldn't believe that. I know, I couldn't believe that either, but, you know... It all worked out. If you wouldn't... I think if you would have gone there, you probably maybe would have stayed there. You wouldn't have... Because your buddy is the one who said... John Williams. He's the one that said you need to... He didn't get into Bentley either as a freshman. And so yeah. we met and he was in the same building as me. And then he told me that he was applying to Bentley as a transfer. And he's the one that... He truthfully... I don't even know if he realizes this, but he was the reason that inspired me. Like, I never even thought about transferring into Bentley. Right, right. But um, I was fortunate because that whole year, that first year at LaSalle... I just was like, I want to prove to myself that I could have been at Bentley. And I just like, I think my my first year at LaSalle was a 3.7 GPA. Oh, yeah. Like I went off. I was part of the <clears throat> all these the leadership society and whatnot. But to me, it motivated me to sh- prove to myself that I was, quote unquote, smart enough to crush it in college. And then it was great because by the time I realized I wanted to transfer, which was in the spring, I had proven that I could you know, do well in, oh, yeah. in a college environment. Yeah. yeah that, and, you know, the thing is, that was that was like a no-brainer to them because yeah. it's true. They, I'm sure they look back at what you, what you had done and where you had been for your first year. And and like I say, things always happen for a reason. I know. Things always do happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to dive into a little bit of 
you and like your relationship with grandma and your mom and then just like growing up what's what's been the greatest lesson your mom has taught you i mean again when i she always let me do what i wanted to do mm. like i'll never forget the time i was i've always been very close with grandma and i'll never forget the time that i decided to move out mm. and me telling her that i was moving out and I literally moved four <laughs> streets away. <laughs> Big deal back then. And, oh, my gosh, we just sat there and we cried. But it was like I needed to just move out and get some independence because she was always she was always there, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I was I literally was four streets away. How old were you when you moved? I was 23. Wow, okay. Yeah, I was 23. And uh, and then I ended up, I, first I was four streets away, and then I got out of, a, I was renting a house with some uh, girlfriends, and then I moved into an apartment with a girlfriend, and I moved one street away. <laughs> so you were in the I didn't same go, yeah, neighborhood. I didn't, yeah, I was in the, in the same neighborhood. And as a matter of fact, the apartment building was right next to where your daycare yeah, on brighter yeah, beginnings. Right, yeah, right on the corner. Yeah, right on right on the corner. As a matter of fact, one time I remember I was cooking some onions on the stove and I was on the phone with grandma and the pan went to fall and I grabbed it. Mm. And I remember being on the phone with grandma and I'm like, oh my God, I just burned my hand. Not even three minutes later, she's like blowing through the door with an aloe plant. I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't live, live across the crunt, across the country. Can't do that for me. <laughs> no, I can't. Get out the private jet, fly her in. <laughs> but things were, you know, things were different when I was when I was a kid. I mean, we grew up in the same house as our grandparents. I know. I know, when we went to visit her the other day, it blows my mind that, she, that she's been living in that same house. For 83 years. Yeah, so that ho that house has been in the family since, so my great-grandparents owned it, then my grand, then the grandparents, now grandma, so mm. she's been in her house her entire, her entire life. I, I really love and appreciate the simplicity. And now there's a lot of things that factor that where the time that she grew up, it was a different world. You don't have access to media like we do or f cell phones. So you don't realize the opportunity out there and so much more of a leap if she wanted to just pack up when she was maybe my age and move down to Hartford, Connecticut, because she would have no other way to contact her family except by the phone. And if she called and they weren't there, she was screwed. Now it's like we're attached at the hip. You should be able to access me at any moment in time. So it's a little bit different. But um, just a, yeah, it, I just appreciate the like she's she she was able to live a life in that same house her entire life like that just blows my mind i know it blows know my it. mind yeah and i you know and i mean she never worked so when we were when we were kids mm. she was always she was always there my dad worked uh for the paper company brown paper mm. and uh you know he worked there full time mm -hmm. so mom you know they had one car you know, she would bring him down to, she would bring him to work if she needed to have the car, mm. you know. And then one year they got, uh, she bought a, mo they bought a moped. My dad bought a moped and he drove the moped to work every single day. So this way my mom would have the, you know, she'd have the car. Wow. Yeah. And how old were you when he passed? Your father. Uh, so I was 20, 
I was 24 years old when he died, okay, and, and he were, was only 50. And you were the oldest of four children. Yep, the oldest of four. So how how did that change your relationship with your siblings and your mom, especially after he passed? Yeah, um, you know, it was like it was so it was so hard. I can still see was the it day. A heart, was a heart attack again? No, he had cancer. He had lung cancer. So we found out in October. Big, was he a big smoker? He was a big smoker. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. But he had quit five years previous. Wow. He had quit cold turkey because he had gone to visit someone that he was close friends with that was in the hospital who had cancer. Wow. And he was driving. Lung cancer too? And he had lung cancer. And he was driving over the, the bridge from Hoyoke to South Hadley. And he threw the pack of cigarettes out, out the window and never smoked again. And in the end. Five years later. Yeah. So he was having back problems. And I just think he, um, then finally he started, you know, like coughing and, uh, then they diagnosed him with having lung cancer. What stage was it when they diagnosed him? It was stage four. Yeah. So then he was going to the rate, he was having radiation treatments and, uh, and then we, we buried him on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for us, for years and years and years, we had no, we had no Christmas, you know what I mean? Because close. it was just too, it was just too close, you know? Do you th- so even, even, you know, now that I know that, I didn't even realize that, but like growing up for, especially you have us as kids, are you in the back of your mind always thinking about that on Christmas Eve? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I always think about it and then I, you know, I think about how he would have loved you guys, yeah. but you know, with grandma getting remarried to grandpa you know, if anyone would have been able to replace my dad, it would be grandpa because mm. he liked to hunt and fish. It was like a miniature of my dad, mm. you know? So, um, and he loves you just like he's there, that you're his own grandchildren, yeah. you know? But yeah, Christmas Eve for Christmas time for us was, it was, ho- it was horrible for a lot of years, you yeah. know? Um, but then once I had you guys and, uh, you know, it was, then things change, you know what I mean? He's always in the, he's always in my mind, always in my heart, but um, it's been over 30, almost 40 years since he's been gone. Wow. You know, which is, which is a long is cr- time. It is. It's a long time. Yeah. Long time. Did you, Um, I know I, we, I had made this comment to you, I think when we were driving yesterday to the bank, Um, but even when you were like moving out for the first time and then, you know, moving around within Holyoke, did you ever have any... I, any thought or consideration of wanting to really move like out of Massachusetts or to even to Boston? Or was did you just feel this was the place you needed to be? Yeah, I always just felt this was this was home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I moved from Hoyoke ooh, to Chicopee. <laughs> <laughs> Over the river. Yeah. This was the only this was the only house that no, I think your dad and I looked at one other house when we were looking to buy a house. Mm. Um I found our house here in a realtor book. I was flipping through it and I looked at it and I liked a book. Uh, yep, it was a real estate book. <laughs> I used book. Zillow and you're, yeah. you had to use a freaking book. We had to use a book and uh, and I looked at it and I said, I said to Dad, "This is our house." And, so that's um, how you guys landed in Chicopee. It was purely just like looking through a book of local area for houses. Wow. That, yeah, for houses and. Um, and we found we found this house, and we could because I worked for the bank that I was going to get my mortgage through, and uh, I think we looked in October, 
we found it. And the people that were um, the Simons who owned this before us. Wow, you know their names. I know their names. Wow. Um, they needed to move because they were relocating to another state. And the thing is, we had no, we didn't have to sell anything, so we could move right in. So they said, as long as you can close the day after Thanksgiving, it's yours. It's yours. And we were able to do that. I had a commitment letter in my hand the same day that we applied because I worked for the bank. And uh, and that's it. I think that day we got the keys. Dad moved out. He took a bunch of stuff from Yale Street where he used to live, and he moved in here. And uh, and then we were getting married that May. So you guys were already engaged when you bought the house yeah, together? Yeah, we were engaged okay. when we bought the house. We were getting married in May. And then he had one of his buddies that he used to work with he moved in and he rented a room. So he paid 250 bucks a month. Mm. So dad and I were paying for our own wedding. So uh, I said, hey, let him move in. Yeah, it's gonna you help know? us pay this down. Yeah, but he stayed up in what's our room now. There was no heat in there. That guy, <laughs> oh man, he froze his ass off. <laughs> 12 layers of blankets. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So even then though, there was never, it's just so interesting to me because obviously I, I think I started to get the itch. I mean, fifth grade is when I I think I really started to have that idea of wanting to move to California. But um, even up before you even met dad, there was really not like, it was, everything was kind of just good. Everything was good to yeah. be here. Yeah. Like, I mean, I went to Hoyo Community College and then as soon as I graduated from Hoyo Community College, my mom worked for a bank and I was like, oh, I think banking would be good. Then I got a full-time job working for Vanguard Savings Bank, and I worked part-time for Food Mart. So everything, you know, all my friends were here. And, you know, even my girlfriends that went away to college, I don't think I ever remembered going and staying overnight with them because I had a lot of friends that didn't go away. Yeah, you had a life here, so there's no reason Yeah, see, I, you know, the thing is... It was a different world. It was such a different world. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely middle income yeah you know so the thought when i wanted to go to hoya community college holbert community college oh yeah holbert community <laughs> as, college, as, your fa- as your father says um he was on the three-year plan <laughs> <laughs> i did it in two <laughs> and your sister did too but when i anything that i wanted to do like that i did it all on my own yeah when i got my first car um i paid for my car i paid for the the insurance when I went into when I got into Hoyo Community College, that was all that was all on me because Grandma didn't go, my dad didn't go, mm. you know. So um, it was kind of you know even Grandma says she's like oh she says you did that all on your own. I'm like, well if you know there was no one else to turn to, yeah, you know. So so that's what I did, and I didn't. I think I ended up. I went on a grant to Hoyo Community College. As a matter of fact, I got extra money. They bought my first pair of contact lenses for me. (laughs) That's a freaking good deal. Yeah, it was. It was a good deal. So, uh, you know, and I'd go, I would go to school and then I'd come back. I would take early morning classes Mm. and then I would work at... um, at the food mart after yeah you know so everything just fell into place i get it it's, yeah it's just a different world back then it and was it uh there was no need to go out and push yourself to a different place if you were already happy yeah, being i was there. i was happy um grandma just celebrated her 83rd birthday yeah still kicking still strong yeah how how has your relationship or just your the way you view your mom changed even now, it, like she is, she's eighty three. It's not a, she's not forty three. She's eighty three. It's right. obviously a number that is realistic of like 
this is you know she's in the the fourth quarter uh, yeah. of her life, but she still has the the wit about her. She's kicking strong. She's enjoying her coffee. But how do you like um, when you see when you get to see her? Even do, when you're talking to her on the phone, like do you? And I know she you know she went through some recent hospital things in the last you know couple of years. But um, how has that relationship changed even? After, you know, now that yeah. she's getting older well, for you. It's hard because now I'm, I mean, thank God for Auntie Susie because yeah. she, you know, between Auntie Susie and myself, um, we're the ones that are taking care of her. Yeah. And like years ago, I remember seeing a bumper sticker that said, be good to your kids because they're going to choose, they're going to choose your nursing home. Mm. And, you know, and that's the farthest thing that we want. And, and, you know, we are, she's at home now. And we want to keep her and grandpa at home for as long as we can. Mm. Um, But it's been hard. I mean, she had to give up her car. She was driving since she was 15 years old. So it's, you know, now just like we're the parents now. We're the ones, you know, and it's very hard for her. Like we, like we tried to get, you know, people in to drop off their meals on wheels. That lasted three days. (laughs) I don't want them coming here anymore. I'm like, well, at least it gives you something. I don't like their food. I don't want them here. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, so it's just trying. But I was doing it to try to help us out, too. Yeah, because you want to have you have your own life to live. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm working and, you know, so um, so it is it's it's hard sometimes when I look at her and um and I also look at her like physically too, mm. because, you know, her, you know, she doesn't, she's not active and she hasn't been active for a long time. And so I look at her and I go, oh, you know what? That's not how I want to be mm. when I'm 83. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, keep riding my, you know, my Schwinn, <laughs> soon to be my Peloton, Peloton. when I get this it. This episode's brought to you by Peloton. <laughs> sponsor us damn it (laughs) so so like i say i look at her and i go okay my you know in uh you know 25 years or whatever down the road i want to be able to be in good health physically Yeah. yeah you know what i mean so you know i look at her and it's like she's doing well but she could be doing better yeah you know what i mean yeah and i um i mean i you know we touch base on our weekly FaceTime calls, um, but I have recognized, and, and I, you know, Sue obviously deserves this credit as well. But um, I know that you've had to step up and not only help them, but you've also been a leader for both of your brothers, which I think just speaks so highly to you at your heart and your soul. Um, because I can't imagine how. You're living your own life. You work full time. You're a hardworking person. You have all these other things that you do, and and then you know you now you're overseeing grandma and grandpa. You're also overseeing your two brothers from time to time, um, and yeah, I just I see it, and uh, I, maybe I don't communicate enough, but I I uh, you're not only are you a loving mother to your children, but you're also very caring for your brothers and. You know, your, well, thank you. your I grandma and grandpa, or yeah. your parents, I yeah. should say, and stepfather. Yeah, you you do what you have to do for family, yeah. you know. I mean, I look at, you know, I look at my two brothers, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, like Franny, my youngest brother, 
is the most functioning alcoholic that I've ever met in my life. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes it makes me sad because through all the years of after our dad died and, you know, I think that's what sent him off the rail when mm-hmm. he, when he first started having his drinking How problem. How old would he have been when your dad passed? He was only 16 when my dad yeah, died. That's, that's young. So it was, it was, it was really, he was really young. And so, you know, Franny had, we've had up and downs with him. Um, you know, there were times where I lost contact with him, but then six months would go by. He always know I never, my number never changed and he would, you know, reach out to me. And, um, and like I say, so I've always been here for him. And then, you know, my brother Bobby too. Mm. So, uh, so like I say, it's sometimes I regret that we don't have, um, like I really cannot tell you the last time that all four of us were together. Mm. And that kind of makes me sad, but you know, like when, when you guys were younger and then they had their kids, I think, but then as you guys got older and then we kind of, you got into your sports and all that, we Mm. all started going different ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like I say, it does make me sad, but you know what? All families aren't the same. Yeah. And uh, I still keep in touch with them. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, it's also an equal balancing uh, act of effort where you can only you can put out the effort to, you know, try to bring the family together and see them. But if they're not even making 50 percent of the effort, it's 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 give and take. You know what I mean? Like you have to go 50 percent. They have to meet you 50 percent. And if they're not trying to do that and bring the family together then it's like there's only so much you can do otherwise you're just burning yourself out trying to get everybody together right, but right um yeah and i would you know you can't control the decisions of other people and right exactly how they want to live their lives but uh yeah it's tough yeah let's get into you and bird oh gosh okay bird hobert uh how many years of marriage as of now 32 Jeez. it'll be no, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Thirty. No, because no, we the uh, the cruise was twenty nineteen, right? Oh, Nineteen. Yeah. So twenty, which would be thirty-one. Oh, so right. next year will be thirty-two. Wow, thirty-two yeah. going on fifty plus years. Oh God, yes. <laughs> I always say I I have three children. I gave birth to two. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. Um, what's the secret to having a lasting and loving relationship like that? Thirty-one oh, plus God. years. I know that's a long time, huh? <laughs> Holy crap. Oh god. Uh, well, you know, it I think it's just give and take. He he has certain things that he excels in and that he does like the cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> definitely got that down. Yeah, he definitely got that down. I kind of took over the nurturing part of it, you mm. know. And I think he does. He did what he wanted to do. If he wanted to go out with his friends, and he would do it. If I wanted to go out with my friends, I would do it. Um, but you know, he's just such a great, kind soul mm. that um, he makes it easy to be with him for that many years. I'm the one that can tend to be, you know, you know. He always says to me that it's a wonder I don't have high blood pressure, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> well. Because, You're the one that has the high blood pressure. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's the one that has it, and I'm like, yeah, but if if he pisses me off about something, it comes out, and then it's over and done with. Where he freaking beats the horse is dead, <laughs> and 
and he will go on and on and on. And then I get to a point, I'm like, the horse is dead. Leave it alone. Uh, so that's the, I think the just secret is just, it's just a, a balance. Like when you guys were in school, when you were in grammar school, I used to always throw this at him. So what's Bobby's second grade teacher's name? <laughs> what's their doctor's name? <laughs> you know, and I'd always say to him, do you want to write a list of what you do and what I do and compare it? <laughs> and we never did. But that's you when didn't he want would, to embarrass Yeah, him? that's when he would shut up. He'd be like, yeah, okay, all right, I'm not going to win this battle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I used to, sometimes in high school, when we had those sign and return, like if you got below like a 60, yeah. I think I, I forged his handwriting one time yeah. to show that my parents had solid grade, and I think I brought it home one day by accident, and you saw it, and I think you called it out. I was like, this is not your father's handwriting or something. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> You did that? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I did I did. Oh, how did you um how did you know he was the one? Oh gosh. Well, it's funny cuz I had seen him. I had met him at Oh, I had seen him at this bar in Springfield. It's called the Keg Room. Mm. And I mean, back in those days, our you know, our weekend started on Wednesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 50 cent drafts at the keg room, you know, Jeez. and uh, and I remember just kind of catching a glimpse, of, a glimpse of him, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, he's mm. not that ba- he's not that bad. looking. Mustache or no. He had a mustache mm-hmm. like, oh, he's not that bad looking. And so then his his brother. So Joey um, dated Aaron and I hung out with Aaron. Was that Aaron. your friend? Was that your friend? Oh, yeah, okay. Aaron, what, Aaron graduated from high school with Auntie Susie. And it was, um, we met, same, so we officially met St. Patrick's Day weekend. Oh, what a weekend to me and Hoyle. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we met, I think it was the weekend, I think it was the weekend before. And so I saw him and then it was like, oh, and he, he said, oh, well, who's that? So then St. Patrick's Day weekend, I was going over a, friend's house for a party and then that's when we officially like you know we didn't we didn't have cell phones back then so Mm. it was like in those days you had to wait by the phone for them to call Mm. so uh and that was it so officially what that was our first time that we you know that we really started talking was uh st patrick's day weekend and being from Holyoke on st patrick's day the rest is history how how um I don't want to say difficult. I don't want to say interesting. But how was it uh, when you started to start seeing him and he is one of 10 children and he has seven brothers? Oh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is grandma and his mother worked together. They went to school together. Okay. They were in grammar school together. So the first time I met them... Um, you know, they, when I said, oh, I'm Ann, you know, I'm Ann Foley's daughter. Oh, so right away I was okay. You already got the check plus. I already got the check plus. Um, but having to call that house. Okay. (laughs) So now you would call and now everyone used to be there and they used to have the cellar and that's where everyone used to hang out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you would call, I'd call to ask for Danny. And so, yep, hold on a minute. So then Joey would get on the phone. And I'm like, Joey, it's Karen. I'm looking for Danny. Oh, 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 hold on a minute. Then I'd get Billy. (laughs) 
Then I would get Tommy. And then I got to the point. Now this time, I'm like, would someone put Danny on the phone? I got to the point. I said, I'm not calling over there anymore <laughs> because I'm talking to all of your brothers before I even get to you. And that was, the, they were the biggest jokesters ever. Yeah. You know, they were just, uh, they, they, the thing that they used to do to each other, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was just a big joke. Mm. Their lives were just, ah, this is so fun. This yeah. is so fun. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting having to date him with, with that big of a family. With that big of a and family. And the reason that it would take so long to get to him on the phone would be because you would say, hey, is Danny there? And Michael would put down the phone and say, Tommy, it's for you. So yep. that was part of the joke. Was oh, like, yeah. Oh, it, the phone's actually for the next person. Yeah. And yeah. it would just keep going. And oh, going. it would just keep going. So fortunately, if I called when there was only three of them there, I'd only have to go through three of them. But if they were all there partying or watching the Celtics or the Red Sox or whatever, you could go through. What a time to be dating. You guys had to physically pick up the phone and call somebody and hope they were there. Meanwhile, we have these cell phones on us. You can hit people up, slide in their DM. You can text them. You can FaceTime them. You can call them. You, yeah. It, it's so much more. You have so much more contact to them at all times that it's like the access uh, for relationship and dating in today's world is so much different because you just have access to anybody and everybody, and so you really that. When you had to pick up the phone and call, you had to really put time and effort into trying to make that. Oh, yeah. And say, hey, let's meet at this bar at 7 p.m. And then you'd have to just roll the dice and go there. And if they're not there, you're like, right. Okay, it's 730. Like, do we leave? It's not pick up the phone like, oh, you're on your way or shoot them a text. Like, oh, yeah. And then and then if there was no caller ID. Yeah. Okay. Then there was no. So if you tried calling. So if you said, okay, I'm going to call you. At six o'clock, but if someone else was on the phone, you would get eh, uh, eh. so the phone would be busy. That used to happen all the time when my my uncle Joe used to call, and he would try calling the house, and I would be the one on the phone. I'd be on the phone for a half an hour, and then finally he'd get through, and he'd say, "Who the hell did on that phone?" Because <laughs> there was no way of knowing that someone else was calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was no... You couldn't switch over to the other line. There was say, no hey, we'll switching over. Nope. No switching over. Wow. Yeah. So it was quite the uh, quite the time with all of his brothers and sisters. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yep. The rest is history. How, how has he made you a better person? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't... He, he's just, like, I look at him and he just, like, I can't stay mad at him mm. for a long time. So he's made me, like, just kind of chill out, mm. you know, um, where, you know, there's times where I would want to do a rip-roar and fight with him, you know, to get for something that I was really, that he really pissed me off over. But he just doesn't. Doesn't. He doesn't want to, yeah. he doesn't want to argue. So, you know, so like I say, I mean, I look at him and it's like, sometimes I, I look at him and I'm like, you know, I don't appreciate him enough, mm. but I just know, I look at him and I'm like, you know what? You guys couldn't have gotten a better dad. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? He really genuinely cares for, for everyone. And he's just such a, he's just such a kind soul. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I look at Mike Dvorak that dad used to work with. And um, 
he, you know, who he passed away maybe like two years ago and his wife, Barb, and, you know, we get the caller ID, it comes up and I'd be like, oh, dad, you know, Barb's on the phone and just listen. He would just sit there and listen to her and talk to her. Mm. And I know that she was crying on the phone because she had lost her husband, but he's just such a compassionate person. Yeah. You know, I, he, you get the gift of gab from your father. I always say that I could put your dad in a room with a rock <laughs> and he would have a conversation with that rock. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, it's true. I mean, I never had to worry if we had a bank, you know, something going on at the bank and, you know, he would come and I would invite him. I never had to worry about him not being able to, he can talk to anyone. Yeah. You know, so in that respect, he's made me, you know, he's made me a, a better person because he's just a kind soul. Yeah, he's very, and he doesn't ask for much. Very easy going. Oh, my God. Just needs his boss in sports. Yeah, his Budweiser. Budweiser, and that's it. Yeah, and I used to always, I mean, the clothes that he, he has, he wears clothes that are probably T-shirts that are 15, 20 years old. Yeah. But I used to always say, you know what? It's more money for us to spend <laughs> on our clothes. <laughs> going to Hollister. Yeah. Going oh, to Abercrombie. God. Rest you know? in peace of those days, oh, huh? Oh, God. And those were the days where they didn't have a lot of sales either. So it was like, you guys wanted stuff, and it was like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, do not miss those days. Yeah. Oh, I don't miss them either. Um. Oh God. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the Abercrombie and the Hollister American Eagle Aeropostale. I remember. I went through every phase as a kid. That I went through like did. the goth phase and dark clothes and hot topic, and then I went through the prep phase. Yep. Oh, I know. I remember one time I went up to the mall to get a pair of shorts, and you were with me. I wanted to get Dad some board shorts and Hollister, and it was almost like you didn't even want to be seen in Hollister, and I'm like. You come into this store with me. God, I spent Bob. enough money in this store. Then remember when we used to go when you were doing your Xbox and you had to go with me because when the new games came out. Maturity M. The Maturity M. And, and I remember the guy used to always say, now, you know, this is M for maturity. There's a lot of blood and gore. And I'm like, oh, the more blood <laughs> and the more gore, the better, you know? Oh, you'd always drag me there to get you your- You needed uh, you, 17 to, plus. Yeah, I know it. I, I know was it. the so age. You could have been having me go to a package store to get you alcohol. Uh, no, that's <laughs> I wouldn't what he, have done that. That's what he's bird for. You were for the video games. He was for the booze Yeah, line. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, now you're learning. I actually, I, I asked- um, um my Instagram community, like who, if there's any questions, because I said that I was doing a podcast with you, and uh, Tommy T said, thoughts on Bruce Springsteen and Bird's obsession. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. When I stop and think of the money that has been spent on Bruce Springsteen yeah. tickets. He's invested in them. He, he really is. And he used to always go, I went to one Bruce Springsteen concert, mm. and it, I mean, it was phenomenal. And, the re and then he started going with my sister, with Auntie Susie, because the tickets, if I would have gone, I mean, there's been times where dad has spent $250, $300, on tickets. Committed. Times two, that's why I said, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go. I mean, everything evolves around Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. or Boston sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when we FaceTime you on Sundays, Right, I mean, he'll start talking about his sports, or yeah, you know, he's locked in on it. <clears throat> Always, he, he is. He is just locked in on it. I mean, I don't know what's ever going to happen if anything ever happens to Bruce Springsteen, because oh, I think that your father will 
I I can't even it, think it would it break about his heart. it. It it's gonna. I yeah. mean, and I mean, even Bruce I, is seventy something probably. 76? Yeah, but he looks good. Yeah. Oh man, I'll yeah. tell you, <laughs> he is one hot looking Howard guy with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, that's his his man is Bruce. I know. Bruce goes on tour. Bird goes on tour. Oh yeah. I mean, Dad stayed up the other night two weeks ago because he was the guest host. He was the uh, the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. I can't tell you the last time your dad stayed up. He stayed up for both oh, for both songs for of Bruce course. Springsteen. Anything with Bruce related, he'll freaking yep. he'll be there for you. Got it. it. You know it. Um, is there a question you've always wanted to ask me, or something that pops to your mind from things that we've talked about today? Anything? No filter. No filter. Anything you wanted to know or ask me? Is there anything, is there any, let me see. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. You, I can't believe you did not, you didn't bring up the air conditioning, the air conditioners that um, <sighs> we didn't let you buy. Um, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to disrespect you guys, but um, yeah, I was willingly for context for those listening. Maybe this will give you time to think of a question, but um I off we growing up we didn't have air conditioning units in our house. We'd have central air, so their philosophy was open the window, put in a fan, which worked at nighttime when it was cooler out, but in the summertime we'd be cooking in this house. So I offered to use my hard earned money to buy an air conditioner. And then to the point I offered to buy the entire house the units <laughs> and they wouldn't <laughs> allow me to do it. So then they decide, Oh, Bob's moving to California. Perfect. Fuck it. Let's get central air. So not until I moved out did you get central air, and now you guys want to brag about, oh, the house is so cold. We got to wear sweatshirts and bundle up. Do you remember that first time that you FaceTimed Yeah, you us? guys were freaking mittens and hats, hats on. on. And we're like, oh, we're so, so cold, cold in yeah. here. And then, you and then you know what? You love when you FaceTime me, and I'm sitting out in 70-degree weather in the middle of December. And you <laughs> yeah, guys are I know. Freaking, and I'm like, oh. oh you got to do this, don't Yeah, me. and you were like, oh, I don't want to show you this. And then you show us the blue sky. Or you're at the, California at the beach, baby. you know? Oh. Well, you know what? I mean, what is your like favorite childhood memory? Like what, you know, what do you? Yeah, I think um, oh, man, that's a good question. I really, I really appreciated like the holidays. Yeah. Every holiday we would always do something with family. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we went to see WeTech, Steve WeTech, Yesterday, me and dad drove over to Hoyoke. And before we went to Steve's house, we were approaching Yale Street. I said, take, take a ride on Yale Street. I want to go just drive by the house. And he goes to take the turn. And like it was like nostalgia just like flicked on because I, I the snow and taking a ride onto Yale Street, I, I can remember all the Christmases that we'd spend there. Like Chris and Chad would come up from Connecticut. Um, other family would, uh, you know, um, uh, Billy and Nancy would come up with Jack and Amanda, um, and we'd spend Christmas. Uh, I think day we'd stop by there at sometimes, or just in, during the holidays we'd do like the they would do the Holbrook Christmas party there at Yale Street. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think just like all those holidays where we spent time with family uh, in general, uh, didn't matter which holiday. Those are some of my favorite memories, just because it was always a very welcoming uh, group. But I mean, other than that, like I, the I, we had talked about it earlier, but uh, I can't say it's a, like a, a specific favorite memory. But I just think it was so 
crucial for me and Alyssa developing into who we are, where you guys just supported us to the max on anything mm-hmm. that we wanted to try. Right. Bird, and I think sometimes you might have sat outside of Jerry's music shop in South Hadley for about two years too long because I was still showing up, <laughs> taking these damn lessons, thinking overnight I was going to become John Mayer. And I'd leave the 30-minute lesson and be like, fuck this, not picking this up till next week. And you guys kept doing it. And you kept paying for the lesson. You kept taking the time to sit in the parking lot. Um, summers, you know, kind of goes off the family time of spending it at Auntie Susie's. We'd go over there in the pool. Um Going to Maine. Yep. Going to Wells Beach. Going to Well. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's classic. Wells Beach. Going out of Cape uh, to see. Oh, Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Um. I just like I I I just think back on my childhood and I couldn't be more appreciative of it. Even the time where we were sitting in the TV room, and I was like, I want to make money, and I was twelve, I think, at the time. I was in seventh grade, and you you know you said you want. I remember it was like a gray day, and it was probably. M- end of March, early April. Do you want me to call your Uncle John? Do you want me to see if he needs extra help? And that day you guys drove me over, started working at the age of 12, started learning and appreciating, you know, a dollar bill. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, I think you I think you guys did. I, I, I think looking back that I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have done it any different. Mm. You know, um, I remember when we went to Disney you lost a tooth in Disney, and I wow, gave I've, that and trip I gave was you amazing. <clears throat> and I gave you a, a you got a Disney dollar, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here you are, you're at Disney, and the Tooth Fairy found you here, mm. you know. And uh, I remember buying you guys Game Boys because I didn't want you to get bored by having to wait in line. Wow. So you know, you each went with a brand new Game Boy so that you would have that while you were waiting in line, and we ended up. We had a fast pass, so we didn't end up having a wow. waiting line, you know. So it was like I always tried to think and be proactive, like how am I going to make it easier for you guys and then for us because yeah, so I didn't we want to have to be listening to yeah, you guys, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just looking back at, you know, I mean, this is a different year for, you know, you guys, we would have – been able to go down to Connecticut last weekend or this past weekend with the with Danny's side of the family, you know, with dad's side and with all the cousins and all of that. But, you know, with with everything that's going on in the world, it was smart to not have it. Yeah. And uh I'm just glad but we'll have our Christmas in July. Mm-hmm. And uh better but time to celebrate Christmas when the it, sun's out. That's it. That'll yeah. be nice and plus we'll all look good in tans. <laughs> so that's yeah. what it, you know, that's another plus. Um but it's just so nice having you guys here with us and not doing your real there's not much to do yeah but just to be together yeah that that's the most uh that's the most important thing and um and that's what i really i really enjoy yeah. the most is just having you guys here yeah and i'm very that's the thing is like i'm very aware of like this is a very you know seven eight days here it's just like it touch and go and then we leave and then we're gone for you know a couple months at a time and it um it sometimes it is like the who whoever were we yesterday oh even like last night we were with John John and just seeing him and his sister together and I'm just like man that and they talk about where they went to their they're going to their parents for Christmas and uh, you know then I'm like man I I I put myself in a position where I don't I can't do that because I decided to pack up and move across the country and right. uh, 
it does it does get to me sometimes where I'm like I kind of not beat myself up, but I'm like you're this is your decision. You're the one that chose to move across the country and to you know chase these dreams and to do this, or even like for the guy that I work under at Liquid IV, you know he um, grew up in Manhattan Beach, California, and so you know we were talking about how. He would, he had to hang a TV on his wall a couple weeks ago. He's like, I had to have my father come over, and I, you know, I don't like bothering him, and blah blah blah. And then in my mind, I'm like, I can't even do that. I can't even ask my father to come help me because I decided to live on the other side of the country. But um, I t- try to when, now, especially when I come home, is to not set my schedule up and try running around and trying to check in and see people. It's like I'm here to see you guys, and mm-hmm. if if there's people that I need to see, it'll happen. But right. I'm not, you know, I think the first couple of trips that I'd come back from California, I'm like hitting all these people up, like trying to set things up. And then I realized like, why am I spending time running around trying to see people when I'm here to see you, dad, Alyssa, and then, you know, some of those hand-selected friends. Right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the holidays yeah. and I appreciate being back yeah. for it now. And I think, I think also, you know, um, it, it's just nice having you guys here with us Mm -hmm. you know and i remember when i when you were graduating from high school and i saw dr seuss quote and the doctor the quote and this is the only thing that kept me from not like bawling my eyes out while Mm -hmm. you were getting your diploma and i think the quote goes you know um don't cry because it's happening smile no don't cry because it's over smile because it's happening oh that's nice and that, you know, right there has gotten me through mm. so much because mm. it's true. You know what I mean? I'm so happy, you know, for you, the next chapter of what where you're going to end up. And, uh, you know, and, and even with your sister, too, you mm. know, just um, I'm a proud, proud mama. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for two better kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're very lucky to have you. Well, thank you. Um. By the time this rolls out, like I told you, this could be on your 60th birthday. What's uh, what's at the top of your bucket list right now? Mind you, this is being recorded three days before Christmas, so it's going to be a little bit of time before. Yeah, this what, and there's marinades. snow outside, and it's sunny. Oh, burn that snow up. Yeah, uh, but what's 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 on on your bucket list? Well, I we'd like to get out to see you. Yeah, you know, we're hoping to be able to see you in um, you know, maybe the end of April, beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Um. I wouldn't mind going somewhere where it's warm for my birthday. Mm. You know, um, maybe Florida. I mean, mm. that time Dad and I went for our 25th wedding anniversary, we went to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. We just, we Ubered, we stayed at the hotel, we plunked ourselves on the beach, and that was it. And we yeah. just walked. So I wouldn't mind doing something like that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It'll probably be a spur of the moment thing, you yeah. know. Um, but I wouldn't mind doing, I wouldn't mind doing that, you know? But even, even outside of your birthday though, just in general, are there anything like bucket list items that you want to accomplish or do? Is there anything that you still have never done that you've always wanted to do? No, No? I don't think, I don't think there really is, um, there really is anything. Um, I think I've kind of accomplished what I've, I mean, not that I, I'm sure after we leave i'm gonna think of a gazillion things i'm like oh shit there's I no going back i should have told them we that go oh straight i straight through no cutting I out anything. Said, i should have said this or i should have said that um no i mean just 
for me as your mom is just seeing you guys happy and living your living your life i mean you know dad's retired now um you know me figuring out well when is it when is the right time for me to retire mm. you know i just want everyone to be happy and mm. ev- with everyone being happy that makes me happy yeah. you know what i mean so um you know i just want to make sure everyone is, stays healthy too mm-hmm. and uh you know so i don't really have any Thing. major major yeah. you know I, i'd like to go horseback riding again too on the beach i did that once i'd like to do it again mm-hmm. um which that's kind of a silly thing but no it's what it's silly it, that's a, it is what it is dream. i'd like to don't own a horse someday yeah, so don't why don't you buy silly. me one for my 60th yeah, birthday let me freaking start saving up all right get me a horse <laughs> <laughs> let me pull some strings let me see what i can do I think the beach uh, for your 60th is definitely something doable, though. So I'll, yeah. I'll start planting the seed and bird for that one. Well, no, I'm the one that would have to do that. <laughs> yeah. so. He wouldn't know how to book it. No, he wouldn't know how, he to, wouldn't book know how it. to book it. No. Nope. Um, how can I become a better son? Oh, just I, I don't think you can be a better son. Uh, you know, you you get it. You get it that you're away, that it's hard for us sometimes. Um, you know, you're. You FaceTime us when yeah. we, you know, on Sundays and, uh, you know, you're, you're doing, you just get it. I mean, I, I couldn't ask for a better son. I couldn't be more proud of you. Mm. Um, I just love you. Love you to pieces. I love you too. Yeah. I appreciate it. You that. made me a mom. Yeah. <laughs> I did before Alyssa, which means I should be number one above her. So <laughs> let's just get that stated out there, Alyssa, if you're listening. <laughs> If you're listening, um, at the end of every podcast, I allow the guests to put a challenge out there to the listeners. Anybody that listened to the entire podcast, I want you to challenge them something that could help them be a better person or that would make them maybe be a better son or daughter yeah. to their parents. So yeah. what's a challenge that you would have for the, anyone that listened this, this far on the podcast? Well, you know, if, if you, I would challenge them to do what you do. Pick up the phone, send a text, just a, hi, mom, hi, dad, thinking about you, I love you. Mm. You know, um, that that to me as a parent, um, you know, because I, I have a lot of friends that are parents and, you know, and their, their kids don't do that, mm. you know. So I would challenge any of your listeners out there that, um, you know, if they haven't taken the time to just... Do a spontaneous text mm. to mom or dad. You just don't understand how how it is. And sometimes I'll be sitting at work thinking about you. And then all of a sudden, it's like the weirdest thing. All of a sudden, my phone will ding and it's you, <laughs> you know, saying, yeah. I love you. You know, day. have a great have a great day. So I would challenge them to do that. Just, you know, and it could be a brother or a sister. Mm. It could be someone, but just pick up that phone and just... I love that. Just do it. I love that. Um, this has been everything that I imagined to do a podcast with you today. I didn't. Uh, I I had like I said, I spent some time just kind of thinking about some of the topics that I wanted to at least hit with you. But uh, I knew this was going to be uh, an incredible conversation, and uh, I'm honored to capture this and share it. And uh, I think it'll be interesting for people to learn a little bit more about me growing up, but I think more specifically, um, and I had one of my, my buddies, Malibs out there, Matt Oliveira, if you hear this, um, he was the one that I, and I told you the, the day that I called you 
um, I think it was after Thanksgiving, I told you to say, hey, when I come back, I'm planning to see now. And just to give you a heads up, when I come back for Christmas, I want to do a podcast. And then that day he hit me up. The next day he said, yo, you should do a podcast with one of your parents. I don't know if you ever thought about that. And I was like, interesting enough, I just yeah. hit my mom up. It's yeah. going to happen. And then I did a pod with my father a couple years ago. But um, I think what's really the the takeaway from this is why I am who I am is because of you and dad. And it's without a doubt, there's no question about it. Um, and I mean, there's no other, there's no way for me to say it more easily. I, I could spend an hour uh, on a podcast just expressing the gratitude, but in all, in, re, in real honest truth, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for you and dad. And I couldn't have asked for better parents. Um, you guys have, given Alyssa and I everything we could have ever asked for, a house with a roof over it, food always on the table, supportive in any decision-making that we ever had. Uh, you just generally cared about us being happy, and I couldn't be more thankful to call you mom. Well, and, thank uh, you. I, you, you. I appreciate that. did everything I could have ever asked for. Well, that you know, I, I feel I feel the same way for you because I look at how passionate you are about what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you were doing the podcast and you were starting off and I used to, I used to go, oh my gosh, he's out there driving for Uber. He's making, that's the, how you're paying your bills. You're not making anything by doing these podcast podcasts, but yet week after week after week, you are out there doing this, setting people up, having conversations, you know, doing the research so that you can have a good conversation with people. Mm. And, you know, this is just the beginning of your career. Mm. You're, I don't know where it's, where you're going to be in five years. Um, but it's, it's just, you're just going up and up and up. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's just, um, you know, what you're doing, where you are at, you know, at liquid IV, it's, it was meant to be, yeah. you know, and what you're doing with all of your podcasts too. And, you know, and when you would call me and you told me I was going to, you know, be on it, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, Karen, don't think into this too much. Don't think into this too much, you know? And I'm like, don't be nervous. It's your son. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. And I mean, here we are sitting in my you know, our not my nice comfortable room here, yeah. and it, it's just my, uh, our first bed, my first bedroom. Yeah, your first your first bedroom. The room that I realized there was no such thing as a tooth fairy when birds <laughs> slid under the five. <laughs> I was on the top bunk, Alyssa's underneath, and I peeked over. I opened my eye a little bit. I go, that's not the fucking tooth fairy. That <laughs> he slithered on out. And I I reached and I saw five bucks. I said, well, I'm making money, so just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> but no, I I just um. I couldn't be any prouder. I, yeah. I just love you more than words can say. And uh, I'm just glad to be sitting across from you today. Well, I love you too. I love you. Awesome. Well, uh, I hope you guys and gals enjoyed this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> There's a lot on this that I think the name of the podcast should be called Dramatic Bob. <laughs> DB. DB. Well, thank you guys and gals for tuning in. We will catch you guys and gals soon enough. It's your favorite bearded man signing off. See ya. See ya.